Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the IBS WrestleMania Preview Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Carlton, and today we will be joined by Jade and Alex, two of the smarter wrestling fans that I know. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing that by yourself. Doing all right? You there? Which one of there? I don't know. Your voice is uh, that's Alex. That's how I, that's what I thought it was. Jay, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Let's start off first with they had the go home show uh, Monday pay per view. What general? What have you thought of the build up to WrestleMania? Well, like I was going to say so far, but there is no more build up. That's count SmackDown. So, what have you thought of the build up to WrestleMania? Alex first, then Jay. Um. Well, I'll start I guess with the Undertaker match. I'm really glad that. Brock Lesnar actually got one up, I guess you could say, on The Undertaker because I was starting to feel like the match was getting a little less steam because it seemed like The Undertaker week after week was kind of punking Brock Lesnar. And I always kind of like it when there's a little bit of conflict because it gives you a little bit of doubt towards the streak itself. So, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting piece at least. Jane, yeah. What have you thought of the build-up so far? Oh, well, just the build-up in general for the card. In general, I think it's it's you know it's one of the weaker years as far as build-up is concerned. I, I think yeah, that you know I, okay. it's lacking a main event. I think you, you don't have enough high-profile matches, and the ones that are high-profile, I really don't think are built well. So, you know, in general, that's what I think. Yeah, I've been, I've been on the fence about it. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to, uh, let's see, find it by means on the Internet or get the network or actually pay for it on my TV. And I think what's really killing it more than anything else, and the build-up, I think a lot of the build-up has been weak, but the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, it just seems like a gimmick to get everybody their WrestleMania paycheck and get everybody on the card. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're even thinking about just moving it to the pre-show, honestly, at one point. So, I mean, it really shows how much they really value it. I don't mean, I honestly, is the guy just going to walk around with the trophy for an entire year? I mean, I, I, I just, I guess it's more of a filler match, you know, to get the guys on the undercard at least shown and and out there so they can be part of WrestleMania. I mean, they throw weird feuds into it, like Christian and Sheamus. I mean, but... This really doesn't make sense. It's kind of a thrown together thing, but I think it's just more so to get the wrestlers that you never really see. What about what's your take on the Battle Royal, Jade? Uh, I think really what it might end up being is just like the Big Show's Lifetime Achievement Award here. Yeah, that's know, that's I, I know he's going over. Award. Yeah, you can see it as that, or honestly, maybe a way to legitimize a younger guy like that guy Rusev. I mean, he's been profiled, but you never really see him wrestle. But when he was at the Royal Rumble, he he did big things. So honestly, I like him as my favorite in that match. But that's a good one. That's that's a good one too. I I honestly don't even know. Maybe Sheamus or something. It'd be a way yeah. to turn on Del Rio, I guess. I don't know. I don't know about Sheamus. I mean, I don't know how you guys can get to a general discussion about Sheamus, but like. It's like he's, like, just below what a main eventer would be for me. Like, when he first got his push, I was kind of digging it, but he just never – well, he can't talk. He, he's not good on the mic, but I don't know how you guys review Seamus. I mean, I think Seamus just works in this era of PG. His character appeals to kids, and it's. It, I think it's more so for that side. You know, he's a, he's a European star. He's obviously going to get – Attention overseas, but yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of see Sheamus as that guy. When he he was more benefited when the titles were split, and you know you could kind of give that mid to upper card guy the title. But 
nowadays I think he's kind of relegated to just being that guy, you know, that it, 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 he's kind of a mid-card wrestler, but, you know, he could be elevated to that upper card every now and again. And he's the guy you might have when that match is based on his popularity amongst all the other wrestlers. And Shane, for, yeah, for me, and when you were saying that, I was thinking, like, he's kind of a, he's kind of a, a rich man's Christian. Like, Christian's always been around, but he's not really a main eventer, but he's been around long enough that he's so popular that he's more popular than the average main eventer. But uh, before we move off this Battle Royal, what um, what guys in the Battle Royal, or just in the general, in the mid-card, do you guys see that have just been underutilized terribly or you think they're deserving of a push? Jade, who's your guy that you think uh, is not been pushed or used correctly? I would absolutely have to say Zack Ryder. I mean, he got <laughs> himself so over. Wrong you to say that. Like him or not, he got himself over. He had a fan base. He's selling merchandise. He's doing everything right, everything that could possibly yeah. be asked of a there, superstar. You know, there, there was reports of Zack Ryder not even knowing he was going to be in the match until they kind of just saw it come up on the screen uh, during Monday Night Raw. So. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, no, I know. I mean, I I understand. He 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 can wrestle too, honestly. I mean, but I don't know. I guess I've my never guy felt it. I I like the, the that he pushed yeah. himself and he did that. And he definitely should get like something. Like he should be on the car. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather him get screen time or air time than Titus O'Neil. You know, honestly. Yeah. But hey, I, I like Titus. The fascination. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I've get my whistle out, man. I just, I, I think I like, well, I'm not even going to say I like Darren Young better. Cause I can't go to the conversation, but I don't know, I think I do like Darren Young better than Teddy O'Neill. What about you, Alex? Who's your underutilized issue deserving of a push? I mean, Kid Carter. I, I don't know if he's deserving of a push. I, I wish they would kind of repackage his character, and I think he could have be a little bit of a wrestler. It's Ryback, but I, I, I don't know. I think he could... If if he could just like actually be a legitimate like character, not just a one syllable guy who kind of just reminds yeah. you of Goldberg, but I, I think he if he was repackaged right, and, you know, he could he has the wrestling acumen and he has the look to be better. And I guess also Fan Mango too. I wish they could change his character up a little bit because I mean you kind of just get enamored in the stupidness of his character and you don't really focus on his wrestling, but. Maybe it's running for yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I mean that match is more filler for me, honestly. I don't, I don't really. Think Sometimes I think they, I think they keep the gimmick for Summer Rae for Fa- for Fandango. I think the gimmick yeah. is alive because of Summer Oh, and absolutely, and I mean now that she's on that that TV show, honestly, she's kind of straying away from him. So I think he's just going to fade even more into irrelevance, honestly. Yeah. And that, let's move on to that. Uh, I do, I, I don't really care about the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws, but I feel like the Shield are too valuable to put in this feud with these guys from <laughs> when I was in my early 20s. Uh, I don't know if you guys, and I'll get your take on it, but I, I felt like a waste, there was a wasted opportunity with the Wyatts and the Shield where they could have built that up for WrestleMania and it could have really been something special. Uh, what's your take on that, James? Yeah, I think that definitely it's definitely WrestleMania quality. You know, if you watch the match they had at Elimination Chamber, that was an awesome match. There's no reason why that couldn't have, you know, worked for WrestleMania because I think it would have been it definitely would have been a draw because you know you try to keep these guys away from each other a couple of weeks and really make people pay for something. They just threw it on Elimination Chamber like any other match. You know, when the Chamber match pretty much sells itself. I just I felt like that was just a horrible way to to use that six man tag. What about you? what are your thoughts, Alex? Um, well, I mean, I think something big is going to happen in this match, and I think it's going to probably be in the way of Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins turning on Roman Reigns and starting his singles push because I mean he's too hot, in my opinion, to be. I think the Shield has kind of run its course. It's like all those got groups that kind of stick together momentarily. There's that one guy that shines out of it. 
then you get a little storyline over the summer about it, and then kind of just breaks off. But I think it's time for him to at least get a push. You know what? I've never even oh. I've never enjoyed the Shield because it came. Well, now I'm just starting to enjoy it. But before I yeah. never enjoyed them, and I stopped really. Watching. When they got popular and then when it came, I just wasn't impressed. I mean, but just the whole range has been. Go ahead. I, I I thought they were a little more effective, you know, when they were you know heels, honestly. But now that they're kind of trending towards being more face, I think this is like an inevitable breakup, honestly, because. It, it, I mean, it's it's a filler match with Kane. I guess they're just like kind of throwing that in there. You know, they throw the two older guys in there. I mean, I yeah. I think personally, the new, I saw the New Age Outlaws in suits, and I just like couldn't yeah, help. Yeah, something's really wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> it just shows how <laughs> old they are and how old Kane is. But uh, yeah, I I, I I honestly think that's what's going to happen in this match. I think it's I think it has to be a breakup or else. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, if the shield stays together, how long can you really keep that going? And how good of a storyline is that? Especially when a guy, you know, he clearly is a step above the other two. Yeah, at least he, he, he's Shawn Michaels. They're Marty Jannetty. So, <laughs> time. I really like Reigns. I mean, just the book and yeah. just the couple moves. I mean, just a couple fights with the thing with the uh, when they hang him outside the ring and he kicks him in the face. And the super yeah. punch and the spear. Like, that's all you need when you look like that. Yeah, I even think Rollins could be a good singles wrestler, too. He is. He's a high flyer, and he can run around the I ring. That, yeah, I like Daniel Bryan, in a sense. So, all right, let's get know. to the semi-main event matches. I still, I think, initially I thought they were doing this too soon, Bray Wyatt and John Cena. But I have actually enjoyed it, and I think it's got some of Bray Wyatt's best work or we got some of the best work out of Bray Wyatt that we've seen thus far outside of some of the Daniel Bryan stuff. Yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah, I think absolutely, honestly. But I think this could be a classic match, and we're not, we're not even really realizing it because I I know I, I dog on John Cena as much as the next guy, but I've seen pretty I've seen every WrestleMania since 2000, and honestly, I've seen all his WrestleMania matches, and he always does put on a pretty good match if he's booked right. And I think this could be if Bray Wyatt goes over, I think this could be like the the change at least in the huge push where, you know, you could see him even contending for a title because, I mean, he's as hot as, I think he, as hot as Daniel Bryan is as a face, Bray Wyatt is just as hot as a heel. So I, I think that if he goes over in this match, you could just see a mega push into the summer and even re just have new feuds with him. And I, th- I think that could be really great. Honestly, I think this could be a really good match. Because, I mean, if you look at the match he had with Daniel Bryan at Royal Rumble, it was pretty much it was classic, honestly. So I think Bray Wyatt has really shown it, at least in pay-per-views and big moments. I think this will be a long match, too. I mean, you'll see a lot of yeah, good counters, a lot of counters. Yeah, and I think, honestly, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, that's going to be a good match. But, honestly, I think this match could steal the show on the card. I think you got a good point. Where you, where's your take on it, Jade? I think it's a well, match quality. I, I wouldn't question it at all. These guys are going to have one of the better in-ring performances on the card. But I, I feel like they've almost gone a little too deep with the storyline in terms of like John Cena questioning his legacy and like Bray Wyatt is just not a big enough figure in the world of wrestling for the storyline to kind of take this this kind of a turn. You know, he's not The Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, some of the guys that John Cena has uh, has wrestled in previous years. So I just feel like all this talk about John Cena's legacy being on the line, I just feel like it's just it's just hyperbole. And I know about hyperbole. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Indeed, you do. Uh, I think I think you bring up a good point. I think the Cena side for me, which I basically know John Cena, he just is what he is. He's the hero, so he does his thing. You know, he plays the keys that he plays. But the Cena side has been stilted because they're like, oh, he's scared and all that. And instead of legacy, that's that's like the wrong word, even though the song's really cool. But it's more like Bray Wyatt's trying to expose him as a phony, and John Cena is like, 
I'm not that. You know, I like that part of the psychology, but uh, the Cena end of the psychology seems a little goofy. And forced. It just seems very forced. Like, it's just like a random tagline that they're just using in, like, conjunction with the song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I enjoyed the, the video packages and everything, but it's just... Yeah, and, and a lot of it is conjunction with the song because they're really pushing that word legacy every five seconds, and like it doesn't—it's not the perfect word for it. Or they need to do a lot more describing of what they mean. It's like everything he's worked for could be exposed because he's, you know, Bray Wyatt's exposing it. But then, like even on the Bray Wyatt side, I'm like, well, what's he gonna do? Like I get hyped up for it. I love the promos. And like, if he beats him, does that make Cena a fake? Like, like, what's the what's the end game here? What what what's, what's Bray Wyatt's actual goal? You know. I and I agree about Bray's half of the promos making a lot more sense in, in the build up. John Cena stuff is is the head scratcher for me. I mean, unless and this obviously isn't going to happen, but it would be the perfect time for it to happen. But they don't have him in the main event. But I mean, if he turned heel. That would just be if they if they strung it out if they had really planned this out and strung it out so that Bray Wyatt breaks him and he just can't take it anymore then that would be epic but that's not. Kind of I mean I, I don't know how okay. epic that would be just because you kind of saw that with Daniel Bryan even though I guess he was playing a trick on him but I, I as far as I'm concerned I don't think John Cena will ever turn heel that's just just not going to happen at least at least in the time that WWE's in honestly. They got a do it at some point, dag on it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, ooh, I mean, I'd like to see it as much as the next guy. I used to love John Cena when he was a heel, even though the gimmick was kind of corny. But, yeah. I mean. Who hasn't it, turned it, heel it, in the history of wrestling? Like, does Ricky Steamboat, like, just never turned heel? <laughs> uh, yeah, and Cena was going to turn heel. This would be a good catalyst. Can't, yeah, it would be. And maybe they can do it later or something. I don't know how. They're not great at build-up. Because it's just, uh, they should have saved, this, I mean, all the stuff with the Wyatts, they pretty much run through everything with the Wyatts already. And they've been in the thing for, what, eight months? <laughs> I mean, they ran through the Shield, they ran through, uh, and when I say ran, so I just mean they ran through the program. They ran through the program with Dan Bryan, now they're going to the program with Cena. Like, what, what's left? That, that's the pace now. That's the pace that we're on. Yeah, it really is. And But, yeah, so I can't, can you guys think of any other guys that stayed clean and never went heel? Oh, absolutely not. Everyone that are as relevant as, as a guy like Steamboat. Career. As long as the, I'm going to say from like at least the the wrestling I know, maybe not back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, my 35 years. In a, in a, in a, in a, in a above, Oh, Magnum TA. I can think of Magnum TA. <laughs> I bet he would have turned heel. He had a daggone car accident. He probably would, but he never did, He never went heel. I mean, did even Dusty Rose ever heel in a national promotion? Oh, no, uh, WCW, the, the whole NWO era. Yeah, he was in Oh, NWO God, I can't even count. It man. was horrible. <laughs> it's as bad count. as it sounds. Yeah, I think yeah. I stopped watching it. It was unwatchable at one point. Uh, nice after, 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 after 1998, it just all went to hell. Like, I wouldn't even switch TV over to Nitro at one point. It got so bad, and I used to love it. And I didn't <laughs> oh, yeah, even they, know they I saw Rick Flair in an insane asylum. Rick Flair was in an insane asylum, and I knew something just wasn't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wasn't. No, Dude, was see, that bad. would be a it's good podcast, bad. The Death of WCW. Yeah. That really would be. I mean, because, oh, my gosh. And I, oh, I love WCW and NWA. It was probably before your guys' time. But just because it gave oh, com- competition, and it pushed too. them, and it made things special. Because if a guy from WCW came to WWE or a guy from WWE came to WCW, it was like a big thing, you know? Oh, and then pretty much every good wrestler you've ever seen has had to sit in WCW and talk to WWE eventually. Yeah, so. basically. And so uh, Alex talked on it a little bit, so let's get your thoughts on it uh, first, Chase, and then Alex. Uh, the streak against the Beast, uh, what, what's your take on how they've handled the Undertaker Lesnar? And I don't, I'm not even going to insult your intelligence by asking you what the finish will be. <laughs> I think this is the most disappointing of, of all the build-up. You know, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker. This is the, this is a match that I've wanted to see again for a long time. I know they they worked together in 2002 and 2003 in some main events, but now the Undertaker has incorporated a lot of MMA into his wrestling style, 
and Brock Lesnar's a, a legitimate MMA superstar, so I really wanted to see this match again. But the build-up lacks any kind of like real intensity. It's just like they're going through the motions just trying to get to WrestleMania. What's your take on it, Alex? Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I just have to say, this is probably the most disappointing Undertaker match in the last, <laughs> oh, God, five or six Mark Henry? <laughs> the big boss? I don't know. I mean, he, he, since, the, since the two with Shawn Michaels, the two with Triple H, and the one with CM Punk, I mean, uh, all those were classics. I mean, I'm not saying this match won't be good. It's just... Brock Lesnar 2002-2003 is not Brock Lesnar today in terms of wrestling. I mean, this is not going to be a wrestling match. I feel it's going to be more of a ground and pound. It's going to be a different WrestleMania feel match than we're used to, at least with The Undertaker. But I still think it'll be a great match because, you know, it's it's The Undertaker. He always puts on a show. And I, I just think it's going to be a brutal match. I think it's just going to be, can The Undertaker withstand the brutality, because Brock Lesnar just brings it hard every match he's in, so yeah. it's going to be really and that's interesting. Told, it's going to be a fight. They could have told the story better. They could have, I mean, they could have made this, you know, even though everybody yeah. knows Undertaker's going to win, they could have made this as the greatest physical challenge the Undertaker ever faced on the street. He should have been beating the crap yeah, out of yeah. the Undertaker and, and every single week. I mean, I'm not the biggest Paul Heyman fan in the world, and the fact that he kind of has him as his mouthpiece doesn't really help the situation because you're just having Paul Heyman speak on his behalf. You're just seeing promos. There wasn't really much of a build-up, per se. For it. But I, like I said, I am glad on Monday that he was able to have five of them and kind of show it. It put at least a little doubt in you because, I mean, every Undertaker match has at least had that, you know, the residents, the guys came so close either the year before or they're just the best wrestlers right now that are wrestling him. So I, I, I'm glad at least they put that in there. So, but they could have really built up the storyline a little better, I guess. It's just, you know, the Undertaker always comes back later and later now. So it's hard to that's, build that's up the storyline when, when he comes back in February and it's just, but, I mean, they did a really good job with the CM Punk one last year. And, I mean, I was at WrestleMania last year, so it, it was, I thought it was really good. And we'll see how it translates to this year without a really decent storyline. But it'll still be a good match. So Yeah, and I think they'll tell a good story. And hopefully the way they can tell a story will be better than a build-up. And you'll there'll be some big leader. spots, too. Oh, yeah, there, there's almost no doubt in my mind they're going to make I don't know if they have, I don't think they have a fish, but they're going to make it a no disqualification. Oh, right? absolutely. I mean, that's just kind of implied, I feel, in every Undertaker WrestleMania match that anything goes. That's true, too. They don't call They don't call it if it is anyway, so, yeah, you're right. All right, our one of our main events, this convoluted mess. Before we go to Daniel Bryan and Triple H, what have you guys thought of what's going on with Daniel Bryan since SummerSlam? And how they handle them it's up to the world, I'm old enough until now. Oh, well, I guess I'll start. I mean, uh, SummerSlam, I mean, it's until now. It's, I mean, I'm sure every fan, you know, who watches gets frustrated every time, every pay-per-view. At least that he got screwed over. Um But I, I, I think it's a good build-up. It's your ultimate payoff moment. I mean... I don't know if you guys remember WrestleMania 10 where Bret Hart wrestled his brother Owen in the opening match, and then he Fantastic match. went on to win the title in the same night, being the only guy to ever do that. So I think they're kind of building this up as a Daniel Bryan-type moment. You know, it's the culmination, and this is a big payoff of all of that that they wanted and the fans have been starving for, obviously. And I think that was a good way to play it, honestly, because... Honestly, if you gave him the title too quickly, say you just gave it to him back in SummerSlam and he was the champion until now, the yes thing would kind of fizzle out, in my opinion. You keep it hungry, you keep him wanting it, and that's the whole reason for the yes thing, and I guess people really enjoy it. So I think this is the ultimate payoff that WWE's wanted for the whole entire time. Imagine WrestleMania ending with Daniel Bryan raising the championship belt and everyone chanting yes. That's everything they've ever wanted. So I think as frustrating as it's been, they've played it right in terms of what they wanted out of it. Jade? 
I give the WWE a little bit less credit for this. I think starting from SummerSlam, I, I do think it's a great story, and I think it's worked out really well. I just don't think that this was in the cards. I, I feel like they completely tried to deviate from Daniel Bryan exactly. in January. It, it was crystal clear. Oh, the fans had to kind of, uh, you know, kind of sway the WWE. Yeah, I think so because when he wasn't in the Raw Rumble, I think they were shocked, and that and they and the way they just threw him in there. I mean, I mean, I don't know what the plan is, but how can your plan be, Tista against Randy Orton? Well, that was the wrestle. Yeah. That was supposed to be the WrestleMania match at some point. Like that, that wow. should have been one of the most disappointing main events <laughs> in the history of WrestleMania. That's Lesnar Goldberg. <laughs> Okay. Oh, absolutely. Or, well, I, think, I don't know if you guys are, are young enough to remember or old enough to remember. To One time, the Undertaker, it. last match of the thing. Undertaker against Psycho Sid, I believe. Oh. It was bad. I, I was like 13. It was bad. I mean, I knew. <laughs> I thought wrestling was real. It was <laughs> WrestleMania was 13, horrible. too, so there you go. Yeah, that, that, ironic. yeah, that is, oh, my God. It was horrible. But I also think that a lot of it was the fans, because I think they were moving off him by the Royal Rumble. And they just were altered. And he, they wouldn't even let people have freaking matches. They ruined, The fans ruined the Rumble. The fans ruined the daggone Cena-Orton fight. You know, it, it was just like taking over events. It was taking over main events. It's like they almost didn't have a choice. And it's working out in their favor. But I think they were trying. I think the Triple H just began to incorporate uh, it into a storyline. But I think that's how they really felt about Daniel Bryan. Maybe I'm being a mark or whatever. But... I, 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 based on history, <laughs> I think that's how they somewhat felt about it. But now they almost don't have a choice. Yeah, I think uh, CM Punk has something to do with it, honestly, because the WrestleMania match that was supposed to happen was CM Punk versus Triple H. And sure. CM Punk thought that he was going to get booked to lose to Triple H, thought that was a little disrespectful. So you had the Daniel Bryan Triple H match, and then it kind of just got converted into the title match to beef up the card. And honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if it ends up being a fatal four-way, so we'll just have to see. Yeah, I can see that. It's like <laughs> maybe Triple H. I, mean, I can see Triple H not I think they could have such a good match that it ends in a draw or it just gets inserted like that. But I could really see it happen to really legitimize the match even more. He needs to do the damn job to Daniel Bryan. After all this, that should be part of the payoff, too, is him, him jobbing Daniel Bryan. Like, God, just unbelievable. The, the, <laughs> and it was, to me, it wasn't that he wasn't winning. It was the way they were doing it. There were just uh, so many fakaka ways of doing it. But Daniel Bryan supposedly paid off the referee. There was a fast count. The money in the bank thing fine. But, like, the way they were doing it was, and then Shawn Michaels interfered. Well, he was a ref, and he super kicked them. But then they didn't even address it. They just moved on. Like, when in the history of wrestling do you get screwed, and then the feud ends? Like, really? What? It wasn't like <laughs> the know? Steve Austin thing with the carrot on the, you know, where they just kept pulling it away from him, but it was kind of the centerpiece of the show when they kept reeling yeah. in Austin in the 90s, taking oh. the belt from him with screwy finishes. You know, there was there was legitimate payoffs, and, you know, it was again. It was the centerpiece of the show. This one just became like an afterthought after they would screw him over. It was weird. And then they had like five on one attacks on him, and I mean, I guess in some ways it built it, but it, it, I'm not entertained by him being jumped by three people every week. It's almost like the NWO, where like they're just killing everybody every single week. It's like um, the good guys yeah. got to get something. You know, you don't watch a movie with the good guy get his gets his ass kicked in Act One through Three. And then at the very, very end, you know, five minutes before the movie's over, he comes back. Like, there's like a little give and take. You know, there's some some kind of progress. So, uh, well, well, I think yeah, it's that. more of a PZ version of, you know, trying to recreate that Stone Cold Vince McMahon authority versus wrestler mentality. Because, I mean, if you, you guys remember, you'd always get the screw job pulled over on him. I mean, he was just a good wrestler, so, you know, you'd always overcome it, but... I mean, that's, he's that's a, that's a dog, too. So they make it into like a Rocky thing, kind of, where he's yeah. David and Goliath, and he's going against the system. But I, I, and I thought the the uh, Occupy Raw thing, I thought that was fantastic. I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought that was very good, and it was a natural progression of Bane Bryan's character. Oh yeah, um, I mean, 
I think this will definitely legitimize him in WrestleMania if he gets the title, especially when two matches to do it. I mean, that's Hall of Fame worthy right there. And he put on a show, I mean, with the way he works, it's possible that he could just be so good if he steps up. It, it could be amazing. I mean, and they've done stuff like that to him. I've seen him put on uh, when he went against the Real Americans, against, like, all oh, the Shield, and three matches in one night. I mean, he's put on some great matches during this whole thing, I felt like. And, and a lot of them weren't with Randy Orton either, by the way, which I don't even see what the hell Randy Orton's purpose is. But let's get to the triple threat. Assuming Daniel Bryan is... I mean, just, you guys, what are your takes on on, on Randy Orton and Batista? Because I just feel like they're a waste of space in the car. We're not going to talk about Triple H? <laughs> <laughs> what is there to discuss? We talked about his we talked He's about been his role fantastic as in this story. His promo Easy, Monday night, week, I thought, was incredible. Raw thing and this week? Occupy Raw and this week? Are you talking about Batista? Or I'm, I'm talking about Triple H's promo on Raw about the oh. uh, the the epic burials. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it kind of just dogging Kurt Angle I loved and it. all those wrestlers. Yeah, he's the best heel I've yeah. ever seen, oh. bar none. What'd you say? Yeah, he's up there for sure. All I could think of was, I wonder what these guys think. I don't care what Booker T thinks. But I care about what like Jericho thinks or Jeff Hardy ever came back or. Yeah, some of them are still wrestling. So, I mean, I'm yeah. sure they take it lightheartedly. I mean, what, what else can they do? The WWE owns rights to their footage. So. Yeah, exactly. But Jericho <laughs> came back at him one time when he was, uh, he basically said the first time he really cut Daniel Bryan down about not being an A-plus guy was, yeah. uh, yeah. was like that. And Jericho was like that. And then Jericho tweeted about it. Uh, yeah. And basically said that you weren't either. <laughs> which, you know, he was never like the Rock or a Stone Cold Triple H. Hey, but the so. year 2000, man, he was the best wrestler in the world oh, for that been, one year. Beyond, from late 99 been, all the way through 2000, Triple H was the best. Oh, Triple H was the best, the best even in 2003 to 2005. I mean, he just held the, the world title for so long. I mean... You know, he's honestly probably one of the top ten greatest wrestlers in WWE history. That's not even a question. He's the man, but it's just sometimes it just feels really like he's shoved down our throats. And there's been times. Oh, absolutely. Just you know, he's always had that stigma that he married into the company, and that he's gonna, you know, he's kind of he kind of books his own matches in his favor. That's a stigma that has always followed him. That you know, Triple H is kind of Jarrett and big later. Yeah. He addressed all of it in his promo on Raw. That's why I think it was so brilliant. He addressed every stigma and every you know negative reputation that he's ever oh, had. Yeah. And it really, I think it really definitely made people's blood boil looking back on on all those guys who you know got a great push or and that you know that he ultimately stalled or completely squashed. Uh, I think oh, people oh, relived that. that time period and were angry. Oh yeah, I used to. I think Triple H was the best heel definitely in the last ten or fifteen years. Yeah, he, he is good heel. It was good. Like I, I'm overlooking it, but yeah, you're right. That was a very good program. And the one before with uh, well, who who interviewed? Oh, Michael Cole came in the ring and interviewed him. After that one's a really strong one too, where he was just getting into psychology. He was like, "You people, you know, I'm giving you what you want." And he had this logic to what he was doing. He was like, I was protecting him and letting go, but oh, now I'm going to squash it. Like, I liked his logic to what he was doing. And it was a villain's logic. It was like, a villain's not supposed to be twirling their mustache and say, oh, you know, I'm the bad guy. But no, this is legit. I'm a businessman. This guy's not really there. I allowed him to exist, but now I'm going to squash it. You know, so I, I really liked the psychology of what he was doing. And in general, what he's been doing for this, I like the psychology. I could do it without Steph as far as speaking anyway, but you know, I've enjoyed tribulation psychology in his problems. Hey, that, that's why he's the cerebral assassin. So Yeah, yeah. he definitely yeah. is. <laughs> I mean, he definitely knows the business and he understands it all and, and that kind of thing. But yeah. let's get you, that's a good one. That was good, Jay, to interject on Triple H because neither, neither one of us were giving him his uh, proper acknowledgement at least. Um, but let's do Hogan before we get to Batista and uh and uh, Randy, what I mean, what do you guys thought of Hogan's involvement? I felt like I, I felt like he was going to be involved a little bit more, 
but I feel like he's just plugging the WWE Network the whole time. Yeah, I think that was the major uh, plug there, honestly, just to get him to promote that. And, you know, he's going to probably be involved a lot in the pre-show. He's the host. He's going to probably be talking a lot. You know, they got a panel doing that. And you're going to see a lot of guest appearances. I know Stone Cold's going to be there, uh, some other older wrestlers. So, I, I, I mean, I think he's just going to – if you guys saw the WrestleMania a couple of years ago with the – with the uh, Rock, it's going to be in the uh, same capacity. So you know he'll just come interjected with, I think, just you know little vignettes here and there, and he'll be a big part in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I think that's where you'll mostly see him. What do you think of Hogan, Kane? Uh, I think it was another kind of disappointment. You bring back somebody with that kind of name value. And ultimately, he's relegated to just kind of being a host. And I, I think I don't think that he has a full-blown wrestling match. And I, I don't want to say that he does, but I definitely think you put him and Piper out there in street clothes to have just a bloodbath. And I think I think it would have worked. I, I love nostalgia. That's my thing. I always love to have a big nostalgic match at WrestleMania. So you know, more or less, that's that's probably why I feel that way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, at the very least, they gotta. I mean, can we get a Piper? Maybe they will do it. Can we get a Piper's pit with Hogan and Piper? Like, can we do something? <laughs> like, yeah, I think it would have been big. Powerful. You know, to have to advertise that they're going to end their whole, you know, thirty-year rivalry at this WrestleMania in, in a fight. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah. that would have been big. I'm well, not sure I Hogan think Hogan. When's the last time Hogan worked? He, I mean, his back well, is horrible. No, SummerSlam no, no, 2006 yeah. against Randy Orton was the last. Yeah, was, he, he never wrestled in TNA. Was, no, you want he, to call he it wrestled that? a couple matches, but I mean, it's in his contract to not perform in a wrestling capacity. That's what he signed. He's actually lost two inches because his spine is so compressed, and he's had I, I want to say multiple and multiple back surgeries. He he yeah, can't yeah, even do it. He can't even perform a leg drop. He, he, I mean, the guy's in his 60s. He, he, he honestly can't <laughs> wrestle right now. I mean, We've got to talk about the WWE medical staff because now it's a thing where, I mean, if you're not in you know great condition, they won't clear you. I mean, the bar has been raised yeah, on, on hell. And, I mean, honestly, I mean, as, as, as nostalgic and great as that would be, as that would see, honestly, I, I just I, the pace that they would work at at their age. I, I just think it, it just wouldn't be very clean. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. If it was in a legitimate the, wrestling match, it would be awful. Yeah. You know, if yeah, they went exactly. out and had the match that Vince match. McMahon and Hogan had in Seattle at WrestleMania 19, you know, with the lead yeah. pipe and the ladders, and just kind of went there, I think they yeah. could have pulled that off. I mean, that, that do you want so one of them to die, Jade? <laughs> yeah. so these guys are tough. Yeah. I mean, these guys are double tough. That, Roddy I Piper. That, was, that had to be ten, <laughs> almost ten years ago. So I mean, that was a long time Hogan's ago. Not, I think Hogan's that now what you're saying is, is what about Terry I'm Funk? I mean, he's possible. going out there at Hogan ninety. Take a <laughs> but, but the only old it guy would more likely look like uh, Brett and Vince, which is the worst WrestleMania match I think that ever occurred. Oh, yeah. I don't think Hogan and Piper. I mean, Piper even made a comment like, hey, you know, if we went out there at WrestleMania, we would find a way to make it the damnedest thing you saw on the card. I really think they would just go the, I mean, the violence route. You know, they would just hit each other with everything in the building, and you wouldn't care about the work rate. You wouldn't yeah. care Piper about the could, pace. Piper could still go, but it's Hogan. And, like, what? I mean, he's not going to ever fall. Like, he can't take a bump. Like, so you got to. It's gonna be different. Like I don't think he could. He's not gonna be able to get back up. Like, but it's the thing I've always wondered about Hogan with all his back stuff. And, and now it must be steroids, I guess, or the weightlifting. But like, how do you have bad back and you didn't take bumps? Like, <laughs> like Hogan, like Hogan just you know usually was standing most of his matches and beat the crap out of everybody else. It's not like well, know, the leg like drop. He, he said put a lot of stress. Kind of on his tailbone and his back. Yeah, I guess. You're right about that. That's a lot of repetitive pushing a leg drop for your It does jar fantasy. everything. I am bitter about Hogan, so we don't even have to get <laughs> I have issues with Hogan. I'm a Ric Flair guy. Uh, Batista and I guess we all do we all agree that Brian, Daniel Bryan is going to beat Triple H or if he goes to the four-way, he's going to win the um, 
the th- if it's a four way, three way, ten way, Dan Bryan's gonna end WrestleMania's champ. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, what what do you guys think of the way Randy Orton and Batista have been used and the whole build up with them kind of being the main event and the three way and just to me it's just been really confusing and just useless, honestly. Well, Randy Orton's been an afterthought since fall. I mean, Triple H has been the star of this thing since, you know what I mean, since, you know, autumn. I mean, this guy, I mean, Randy Orton has just been the token champion. You know what I mean? He he doesn't, I mean, he shouldn't even be in the main event. I mean, they might as well just strap the belt on Triple H, uh, you know, at Survivor Series or something and just gotten it over with. And he just holds the belt hostage because Randy Orton is just an afterthought. And I, I cannot stand, you know, when the world champion is just relegated to this. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, honestly, this is uh, the, kind of the evolution of it. They kind of saw Randy Orton as the guy maybe, you know, they, they had to put him in the storyline that he was the A player and Daniel Bryan was the B player. And, you know, he just kind of got stuck in that storyline. Great, he won the championship. He had a good match, I think, against Cena, and you, you, I think they just didn't want to have Cena in that championship role for WrestleMania. So Randy Orton just kind of got placed there, and you know, I just think in terms of him, he just you know he kind of looked like a kiss ass all the way from summer until now, and he's just kind of lost steam in his character, the guy you know that was it was crazy. Honestly, I, I miss that Randy Orton. But yeah. Batista, I mean, that's uh, Randy Orton was like an outlaw. This guy started out. RKOing legend. And, and yeah, it kicked people in the head. And now, <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. It's like he's, uh, like, he's almost like the, the Mean Street Posse and Shane. Like, it's not that bad, but it's almost, it's like at that level, yeah. man. Oh. No, it, it, it honestly, to me, it is. It's just, it's like he just comes in. I mean, the Shield looks stronger. When they, I mean, the Shield was basically being lackeys, but. They look stronger than Randy did because they weren't talking and sucking up. They just were kind of following the orders. But it's just, and I love, I've loved, I've always liked Randy Orton, but it's just. And then Triple H does promos or tells them and says, "Oh, you need to be the Viper." Well, let him be the Viper because this is not the Viper yet. Yeah, there's two kind of heels that are uh, that you can be. You can either be a heel, you know, they they get over all the time, and it's you know kind of badass and just has more of a, a mean streak about it, or you can be the, cha- the the kind of heel that runs away from everything, and that's kind of how they're booking Randy Orton right now. Kind of sad, but in terms of Batista, I think Batista, you know, he was kind of. I thought they. I think initially when they signed him, they thought they they were going to get more steam out of it than they had planned. I, I think they were like, oh, you know, he's going to be in this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he is Batista. He hasn't wrestled in three years, and I think fans are kind of over celebrities coming back, or at least wrestlers trying to make it as a celebrity and then coming back and then just kind of taking the spotlight from guys. You know, they you see every Monday they work hard and just try and get where they be, and then this guy comes back after doing movies for three years and immediately he's inserted in. So I mean, he doesn't even look good when he's wrestling. At least he doesn't look like he's been doing it uh, consistently like some of the other guys have so I, I mean I think that's why we're getting the reaction I think that's what he's kind of taken out of the match because you got two guys that you initially don't even really want to see in a title match it's not worthy of a title match because neither of them has really any buzz about them right now what do you think of uh, Batista's whatever this crap is <laughs> what the thing with Batista, and I wasn't too surprised by the reaction because he doesn't have, you know, like the built-in loyal fan base that maybe a guy, like I'll think of an alumni like like Jeff Hardy, that you know if he comes back is going to just be right there back as passionate as ever, you know, if he returned to the fold. I never thought Batista had that kind of passionate fan base, you know what I mean? Yeah, and did he like maybe he stayed? I don't know. Maybe he stayed away too long. Like most guys don't stay away. How many years has it been? Do you guys know? 
I think about it's been like three. He's been gone four. since April of uh, 2010. So oh, I thought it was longer than that, but I, well, I guess it's not too long then. But it's like, for one thing, this is my theory, and when Alex was talking, it made me think of it because I couldn't figure it out other than he can't make a connection with the crowd. But they they over pushed him. They overbooked him. They had him win the Rumble. They wanted to put him. Basically, the plan, it seemed to me, I don't have any inside knowledge, but it seemed the way they were going was that they were going to have him be the face and win at WrestleMania because it wouldn't have been here. It was heel versus heel because nobody likes Batista. He can't get a crowd reaction. That's why it ended up being heel versus heel. But they pushed him exactly. as a face with Del Rio and all that stuff. And then, like, nobody wants to see. Like, he shouldn't have been in the main event at WrestleMania after not wrestling for three years. He's not the rock. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have the popularity, I think, to warrant something like that. He doesn't have a CM Punk fan base, a Daniel Bryan fan base, Jeff Hardy. He doesn't have that kind of just, you know, rabid. You know, I think if he was going to come back, he should have been healed from the beginning. Yeah. I think that might have worked a lot better. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. Him. I think they could have come out with this. I don't know. They could have come out with a story. Maybe, you know, he's happy to be back, and then he... He kind of just turns on the fans real quick and isn't really happy. I mean, uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I think the skinny jeans, you know, just the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> that overall look. You're right. The overall look of Batista right now, and I think, yeah, I think Jay's hit on the head. He just doesn't have that loyal fan base. He was never – he was big, but he was, like, big for 2006 through 2009. I, yeah. His run wasn't really, like, elongated. and He never really – sunk in there is like a all-time great so I, I don't know I, I just think Batista is, is kind of a wash in terms of uh, of the crowd reaction and you, you're right it is heel versus heel at that point because of the crowd reaction so you kind of have to insert a third man into this or else I mean could you imagine all, watching Ray Wyatt and John Cena Undertaker Brock Lesnar Triple H Shane O'Brien and then the show ending with <laughs> East, uh, with with, with a feud that feel, no one in the whole cheated. viewing audience has an emotional connection to, like there's zero emotional connection to either one of those two guys. It was like it was like the year John Cena versus The Miz was the final match. I just after watching yeah, Undertaker Shawn Michaels the first time, I just I thought it was terrible. Honestly, I was like, what? How's Miz in the main event of WrestleMania? Well, the Rock, I think The Rock hurt him. It's like The Rock's not wrestling, but he's hosting, and he's he's feuding with them and rock-bottoming them and having conversations with Cena. But, yeah, I'm supposed to want to watch The Miz and Cena when The Rock, when the Rock comes out first promo and just kills Cena. Like, like, it just didn't. It killed him. I mean, it just, I think the whole thing really ended up hurting The Miz's career. I don't know how big you guys were on The Miz, but, like, what? I thought there was a lot of potential there. And I like the push that he gave. They gave him, but like, what do you think happened, or do you think he was even worthy of it, or just break down the visit fall from grace? Jay, you go first. Uh, I liked the Miz. I don't think he ever should have been in a in a main event. I don't think he's a main event guy. I think he just overachieved a little too much. I mean, that's really all I could say about the guy. He's not a believable, you know, guy. I mean, he's not a big guy, so he doesn't have that going. He's not a, a great wrestler. He doesn't have that going. It's like what tangible thing, you know, makes you believe that this guy's a main eventer? Yeah. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the storyline at that point or what the, what the roster was like in terms of him actually getting the belt for as long as he did. But, I mean, his storyline was okay. I thought he had potential. I mean, he, he, unlike a lot of wrestlers that you see out there that have the potential, has excellent mic skills. His mic skills are actually pretty yeah, good exactly. for, for for what he's worth, you know, because he's on TV. He has that, that grasp on it. But, I mean, I think, yeah, his career, he was never really a, a, a great wrestler. I think he was just okay, and he, he, he was fortunate enough to get the title. He was fortunate enough to wrestle these guys that kind of made him look a little bit better than he was. I mean, you see him, he just, the second he loses that, the second he loses that steam, I put him more on the level of like a Jack Swagger, you know, the guy he thought, oh, maybe he has potential and they're giving him the world title. And then they just kind of snatch it away and he fall into irrelevancy. So uh, 
I mean, The Miz, I think he's more suited in, like, a host role or, like, a commentator. I wouldn't mind seeing They him agree with you. Uh, the way they use him, they definitely agree with you. At some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I could see, I mean, he, that, that's more of what he, he's good at, I mean, at least now in his career. I don't see him as a wrestler, so... I don't know. I think that's where, like, that was, I mean, maybe that was just a bad time in WWE where they kind of had that other storylines. You guys my hopes with a lot of logic. I've always been kind of, I've always really, I've always really liked him, but you guys are probably, you guys bring up some good points. <laughs> I'm a little satisfied. <laughs> I, could, I could never figure it out. But I think I liked him too much when they would give him his push. And I think it's too because, like, I, I've been watching it so long, I don't know if you feel it too, but you can feel when a guy's hungry and he's hot and he's connected with the crowd and he's just like, you can feel him rising, you know? And it just, I don't know, so I, I just got with that. But I think it was because, like Jay said, he just kind of overachieved. Like he, he was so willing to work hard to do the extra stuff and give really good promos and and things like that, but his ring work never really came to fruition. I can't remember what his finishing move was, but it was horrible. And, oh, it's the, the Miz finale where it's like a face mask or something. And a leg sweet face mask. Like, some stuff just never. And, and in WWE, oddly enough, though, you've got to have, like, a good finisher that you can do reversals to and play off it. And there's a lot of stuff with that that you can be utilized. Yeah, I think but, the only good reversal of that was, like, imagine John Zeno when he could do his little arm bar. Yeah, yeah, he can scoop you up. But, yeah, it's just. That's about it. The Miz isn't workable. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I might have to give up on that one. But uh, this is this was a good one. This is a good first crack. Hopefully we can do it somewhat frequently and break down uh, WWE. Thank you guys for joining me today, or tonight, I guess yeah, it is. absolutely. Hey, thank you for yeah, having yeah. me. Yeah. No problem. All right, man. Until next time. All, All right. right. Bye. Voices in the Lace up, Kel. Hey, 